This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Smart Money Podcast, a series of financial tips for different life stages. Get your money right for your life. This podcast is brought to you by Discovery. I am Maya Fisher-French, and each week we chat to a money expert to find the answers to those pressing financial questions. So this week we're talking about the concept of a family financial plan. So now I must tell you, I really enjoy having discussions with my family about what we want our lives to look like now and also in the future and also that, what that means about the decisions we have to make today. Because if we don't plan, our dreams will never become a reality. The thing that I find quite hard is actually sticking to that plan, to be honest. <laughs> so to help us with our discipline and to provide some ideas on what a family should be looking to in terms of their financial plan, we're joined by financial advisor Peter van Bierk, who has also completed three comrades marathons and five two ocean marathons. So Peter, do you have some sort of big plan, uh, maybe like running a marathon on every continent? Morning, Maya. Definitely not, but I do know that Benjamin Franklin said, Early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. And that health is the new wealth. So in our family, it's important for me to spend time with the family, but rise early, get the training done before we have breakfast as a family, and then getting back to time together. So this is important. I mean, spending time with your family and um, thinking about ways to, yeah, about what your future will look like and, and ways to spend time with your family. But... We also need to be getting the basic financial plan right in terms of family. So what does that involve? How, how, what should a family be looking at if they've got these aspirations? Well, I think it's very important that people ask the right questions. Sometimes they're hard to ask questions and sometimes they're questions that you don't even know need asking. So you really need to find somebody to guide you through that process. And then ask the questions like, do I have a will in place? Is it relevant? Who are the guardians for my children, for example? It's, very, it's sometimes very silly to choose an aged parent as a guardian for a three-year-old because they won't be around or be able to assist them when they need homework done in, in their higher, um, school, at high school. And then you also have to look at things like your, your choice of medical aid. If you come from a family that has a, a history of ill health, choose a better plan. If you're a healthy family, train and exercise regularly, Possibly a hospital plan is sufficient for you. So it's making wise decisions so that you have money left at the end of the month to invest and or buy a cover for those things that are important, cars, house, etc. So the way I, sort of the analogy I'm sort of getting in my mind as you're speaking is, is sort of a house. It's sort of saying spend time on those foundations because if you've got good foundations in place, if you know – that you've got the sort of, you know, the little, little details covered, then you can build the house of your dreams. You can continue and add to it and be creative. But unless those foundations are there to support that structure, um, it's all going to sort of come tumbling down. Absolutely right. Uh, when, when you refer to foundation, that is absolutely critical because the foundation is what's going to carry your financial plan through the rest of your life. Sadly, I all too often see people making decisions for the here and the now without realizing that it is a journey. You're going to reach a point where you're either going to have made a bad decision early on, the foundation crumbles and then the whole house comes tumbling down, or you've made a wise decision and you are at a point in your life where you have longevity on your side and you're going to have blessed long life and have sufficient to, to live on post-retirement. 
You know, I was thinking about this thing about a guardian for your children. Um, I think many of our listeners are sort of at that age where they've just sort of had children. And that's quite a big question. And you were talking about, you know, who's the appropriate guardian? You know, maybe right now your parents are still young enough. They may be in the early 60s. But there's going to come a time when, when perhaps it's not as agile. And the other one that I found, so certainly when we looked at a guardian for our children, we chose my sister-in-law, but she lives in a single, single fl- uh, room flat. So what happens? She can't put mattresses down and put the kids on the floor. So we also had to factor in the financial aspect saying, you know, would she need to upsize? She'd have to buy a bigger house. What would actually happen? So there's a lot of planning that, that goes in place in terms of saying, what does that future look like? It's very true. I, I think what's critical is you need to look at the worst case scenario in, in every question that you're asking yourself. So when it comes to the guardian, yes, they may not have the right house, but what is initially important is that there is a bond between child and guardian and then make financial provision for the purchasing of a bigger house or your house is sufficient, let the guardian move into your home. One also has to look at school. What are the value systems, etc.? And that is very important to ask now. It's, it's very difficult to choose a guardian where the children actually aren't comfortable with that person, mm. but it, it's, it suits you. And also I think what's important is people tend to think family, but sometimes family don't always share the same value systems. So be pragmatic and make decisions that are right for the children, not right for you. I want to go back to this idea of, of a family value system because, you know, we're talking now about the foundations and, and that, but now we're also talking about building a future together. So I was talking about, you know, I love planning ideas and, you know, I want to spend a year here and I want to do this and I want to do that. And, um, and, and, you know, there's a lot we want to do as a family. There's a lot we want to achieve as a family. But a lot of that involves sacrifice as well. So maybe we've got a goal that we want to achieve in a year or two years' time, or it may be the education system. So how do you have that discussion? How do you sit down as a family and saying, what is this family value system, and how do we achieve it, and how do we live it? Children must be involved in the financial plan. This whole journey forward is the family's journey. Yes, children will leave home, but they must understand where we are, where we are going, and what sacrifices or privileges they're going to have along the way. So it's, it's very, very important that from a young age, children understand what the meaning of money is. We run workshops, literacy works, financial literacy workshops for children with their parents. And it's just frightening to see that children prioritize things like cell phones, Wi-Fi, television, over what we as as, as the parents see as important a bed, a roof over your head, food in the kitchen. <laughs> Don't worry about the roof of my head as long as I've got my Wi-Fi, which is probably true for most of them. <laughs> so, so involve them and let's help them understand where we're headed to. Yes, many of us need to pay private school, so we have to make other sacrifices. Do you really need to buy your 18-year-old a brand new car? Don't do it if it's going to sacrifice um, your potential happiness later on. It's difficult to retire when you've run out of money. Living too long is a, is a problem. So plan now with your children. Never see your children as your retirement plan. We chose to have them. Do the best you can up to a point, and then they must be self-sufficient, but so must you. So don't put everything into your children and run out of money mm-hmm. later on. 
But BG, you know, that's also, that is also very important. You were talking about brand new car and, and all those sort of things, because I think what children don't always understand is the negative environment that's created when parents are under financial pressure, when they're taken on too much debt in order to meet the aspirations of the family. So, how you know you don't want to talk to your kids and say we don't have money for this we don't have money for that but as a family you know can you structure the conversation to saying exactly that what are the privileges we have aren't we so fortunate to have what we have without going into that place where mom and dad are so stressed out and snapping and shouting and all the rest because of, of financial stress and and how do we build that as part of the value system why I laugh at that because mm-hmm. it is a, it is a common concern people play the the blame game with their children. I didn't have these privileges when I was your mm-hmm. age. I didn't have the privilege of private school, etc. But it's not the child's fault for being there. So work together with the children to understand what this journey is. A car, when you turn 18, is an absolute privilege. It is not a right. Yes, we can try and work our way up Maslow's hierarchy with the children, expecting instant gratification as the norm. Steer them away from it. From a young age, in our workshop, we encourage parents to give an allowance to children and make them responsible for for buying mm. things that they want or need so they learn the value of money children don't appreciate the value of money so help them learn it and you know we we're talking now so much about the children but what happens when you're sitting with your clients and you realize that the husband and wife don't see eye to eye they've got two very different ideas about what life should look like how how do you handle that yeah the communication conundrum. Perhaps they must text each other at the table to find each other. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically, I think it is critical that people learn to communicate with a common goal in mind. If you can't identify where you're going, any journey, any path is going to take you there. So I see it where mommy wants to live in a house in, in Danefern and daddy wants to go and live on a farm. They have to pool their resources, understand each other's needs and wants, and then consider the children in this whole journey. Don't overextend yourself. Don't buy that fancy car if you don't really need to. I think also it's understanding the impact of our decisions today on what we actually want. I always think, I think it was Joe Biden who said, don't tell me your value system, show me your budget and I'll tell you your value system. It is about what we're spending our money on. So we sit here and we say, oh, we've got, you know, this is what we value. But what are we actually going about and doing on a day-to-day basis? And how are we reflecting that back to our kids? How are we having those conversations as partners? You know, I think that's also important. Yeah, sometimes we must stop and listen to what our children say because very often they reflect back to us what is really going on in our own lives. And I think it's it's very, very important that we embrace the the whole awareness process with our children. They are millennials. They are going to have 15 jobs as opposed to our one, etc. So let them understand the value of money through a, a, a planning process. How much do you have to put away today to be able to buy your PlayStation tomorrow, etc. Teach them that journey. Hmm. So what I wanted to move on to now is this is something I'm picking up as a massive trend. And this is kind of somebody in their late 30s, early 40s, um, exiting the corporate world and starting their own business or going freelance. We're calling it the gig economy. Um, and how does one have this conversation with your family? Because this is going to have some significant financial impact. How do you prepare your family and yourself for those kind of big life changes? Um, my, other, my experience is that people, when they reach 
the age where they want to move on and start their own business, have accumulated a degree of wealth. More often than not, it's sitting in a pension or provident fund. And people tend to take that and turn it into their business capital. The problem with that whole process is they actually started with an asset, turned it into zero, and now plan to move forward and, and earn an income from it. If it doesn't work, you've lost your early retirement contributions and you've lost the business. So if you're going to do it, make sure you start the business without unduly pressuring your retirement funds that you've accumulated. Make sure that you have buy-in of the family and also understand that now you no longer have a salary. So you have to protect yourself against your ability to earn an income. As I said earlier, your health is incredibly valuable in terms of wealth generation. Can't earn an income if you can't work. And yeah, and and I mean, also part of this process is 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 the family's real understanding of the lifestyle. Lifestyle may have to adjust if you're not going to be, especially you don't want to be touching those those accumulated savings. You're going to have to try and be living on the, on a lower income whilst you're building up the business, yeah. um, and and having that conversation with the family up front, saying this is our dream and goal. This is what we're planning on achieving. It's going to take a little bit of of sacrifice initially. Yeah, you need family buy-in. They they have to understand that. They are part of the business, mm. and they may be able to take it over. They, they may become part of the business later on. But unfortunately, many people create businesses where they work in, in the business and not on the business. So mm. if they're not there, the business stops. Mm. So it's important that they as a family understand that they've got to create an asset which can either provide a passive income or be a saleable business. Mm. And that's what the family needs to understand. So if they've done that, then down the line, lifestyle will return to mm. where it was before. Mm. But for now, tighten the belt and understand that you have to make sacrifices. And Peter, you know, you were, you were, you were talking about people taking, draining their retirement funds to invest in a business. We see this quite a lot, sort of in their 50s. People start to see this, what they assume is a big lump sum um, that, they've, that they've accumulated and they've decided now that, you know, I don't want to wait till I'm 60. I want to take this money now and start a business. You come across this quite often? I do. And my advice is just don't do it. But <laughs> realistically, I, I look back over the years I've been in this industry and I've seen a number of people do it. And one guy stands out in my mind who, in his early, in fact, his late 40s, took all his money and bought a car wash in Alberton. He now doesn't have his retirement money anymore and he doesn't have a car wash and his wife is really grumpy with him. <laughs> So, yeah, well, I'm laughing, but it's not a very funny story. It's quite sad, actually, and, and probably happening more often than not. It is, and, and sadly, people tend to learn from their own mistakes and not others. But there are thousands of people making this, these mistakes. So put the word out there. Understand what can happen, and it probably will. <laughs> you know, and also the other thing that I find is people don't understand the tax implications of drawing down on these pensions. So I actually get a, a letter from a reader saying, he, I think he'd accumulated 3.7 million. He's four years away from retirement, but he wants to, he's too tired. He doesn't want to wait till retirement. Wants to draw it out and buy a franchise. And I worked out it was going to be a million rand tax paid. I, that's the other thing is, is you're just given away a million rand of your accrued income or your savings over a very long period of time because you don't want to wait four years. And, and just doing the maths on that, you're so right, because that million rand in tax, if you were to invest the balance of that money and rely on um, a good market return to, to return that capital to you, you'd have to have 
whatever the return is, plus at least 4% to just make up that million bucks. And then what you're effectively doing is you're creating an asset which is going to be taxed again in the future. So it is absolutely crazy. I saw somebody yesterday who was given advice to take $3 million out of their early retirement money and pay the tax on it and move it offshore. And you just do the maths on it. It doesn't make sense. The pound has to um, end up in, in the region of 31, or the rand to pound has to be 31, just to make the money back. Over just to make the money back, not even to have made a profit yeah. on that money or any growth on that Absolutely. money. Absolutely. And then it just doesn't make sense. I get so flustered when I see people. <laughs> I can see you looking very, very frustrated about this. <laughs> and I think this is it. It's about, and again, we talk about families and, and money, but a lot of this gets emotional. We get very hooked up in emotions. We get caught up when our kid says, but mom and dad, everybody's got that. Or you read a self-help book and you decide you're going to go and live on a farm and grow and grow millies or something and realize when you get there that you actually hate farming a lot of this sounds like to me you sit down with somebody who's cool calm collected somebody like you who can run some numbers and say am i doing the right thing is this right for our family are we going in the right direction choose your your right the right person to take your hand and guide you through this planning process choose the person that understands your family that understands you that can put your thoughts and your wife's thoughts into one and congruently work towards a goal that's going to suit you all. Choose the person that's going to ask you the hard-to-ask questions. Are you sufficiently covered if you cannot work? Ask the questions around retirement planning because what happens if you have sufficient money to last you to 80? But the stats show now that people are living longer. And if you run out of money, what then? You can't work at the end of your life. You can work now. So plan wisely today. Create passive, passive income streams. Do it together as a family. Work united. Fantastic. Thank you, Peter. Join us for our next episode when we discuss what to do when the unexpected happens. You've been listening to Smart Money, brought to you by Discovery. Get your money right for your life. This is cliffcentral.com.